0: Well, good morning and happy saint nicholas day to everyone out there on covenant network it is monday december the 6th so good to be with you this monday morning as we continue our second week of advent together it is a it's just a great time of year i love it although it is a little bit blustery out today a little bit blustery let's pray our morning offering together, and then let's continue to pray our, our Christmas anticipation prayer uh, as part of our morning offering going forward. And of course, we have our novena prayers to the Immaculate Conception as well that we, uh, we need to keep praying as um, we go throughout the day today. And so we pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. Our Novena Prayers Day 8. O God, who by the immaculate conception of the Blessed Virgin Mary did prepare a worthy dwelling place for your Son, we beseech you that, as by the foreseen death of this your Son you did preserve her from all stain, so too you would permit us, purified through her intercession, to come unto you through the same Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, world without end. Amen." O most gracious Virgin Mary, beloved Mother of Jesus Christ, our Redeemer, intercede with him for us that we may be granted the favor which we petition for so earnestly in this novena. O Mother of the Word incarnate, we feel animated with confidence that your prayers in our behalf will be graciously heard before the throne of God. O glorious Mother of God, in memory of your joyous immaculate conception, hear our prayers and obtain for us our petitions. O Mary of the Immaculate Conception, Mother of Christ, you had influence with your divine Son while upon this earth. You have the same influence now in heaven. Pray for us and obtain for us from him the granting of our petition, if it be the divine will. And our Christmas anticipation prayer. Hail and blessed be the hour and moment in which the Son of God was born of the most pure Virgin Mary at midnight in Bethlehem in the piercing cold In that hour, vouchsafe, I beseech thee, O my God, to hear my prayer and grant my desires through the merits of our Savior, Jesus Christ, and of his Blessed Mother. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. What a beautiful prayer that is, that Christmas Anticipation Prayer. Now, we we mentioned that last week. We haven't had a chance to really dive into it, so I just want to spend a minute here. This is commonly known as the uh, St. Andrew Christmas Anticipation Prayer. Why? Because you begin on St. Andrew's Feast Day, November 30th, which was last week, Tuesday. And so the tradition is to pray the prayer 15 times a day until Christmas. And There's a couple different ways, you know, people I know go about this. And and I don't have an authoritative, this is the exact way you're supposed to do it. The instruction I have says, traditionally recited 15 times a day. Now, some people I know say, Adam, if I don't say it all 15 times together, I forget to get to it and I don't want to forget. I want to make sure I pray this prayer. And I say to them, great, then they pray it 15 times in a row. If that's what you need to do, That's what you need to do, because better to pray it than not to pray it. Now, others say, you know, I'm able to be very disciplined. By the way, this is not me without the assistance of the alarms on my phone. I know people who are very disciplined that throughout the day they just stop, you know, randomly it seems, and pray this prayer. And they probably pray it more than 15 times a day, but it becomes a great prayer for them through the advent season. And I think that is wonderful as well. Then there are people like me that we set alarms on our phone and 15 times a day and you know, I, I like to pray it at the start of the hour. It's a good way to remember. I'm usually up for about 18 hours a day. Sometimes it's only 16, but always a minimum of 15 and just begin every hour with this prayer. I mean, we've talked about this before, the the exhortation from St. Paul, pray always without ceasing. Well, how do you do that? Well, with these ejaculatory prayers throughout the day, it's a great way to pray always without ceasing. So a couple of different ideas here. You know, if you're worried that you're going to forget, then by all means, pray it 15 times in a row, have it accomplished, but don't let that be the end. Then maybe pray it other times throughout the day. You know, if you, if you sit down and you pray it 15 times in a row, perhaps also when you eat your meals and you're getting ready to say your grace before meals or, or your Thanksgiving after meals, pray this prayer then. When you get up to do your morning prayers, pray this prayer. When you do your bedtime prayers, pray this prayer. If you do the midday examine, pray this prayer. It's a great prayer to pray throughout the season of Advent. And it really helps keep our minds focused on the main thing. And what is the main thing? The coming of our Lord and the Incarnation. That we celebrate each and every year. That without the incarnation, we couldn't have the passion, death, and resurrection. And how wonderful it is that God would come to be with us as one of us. And it, you know, in the midst of all the garland and the sweaters and the uh, the the well, I won't go into the songs that you hear on the radio um, or in the car and all of that. But in the midst of all of the secular. Christmas, Christmas, Christmas that has nothing to do with the birth of our Lord. This is a great way to stay focused. Today is the Feast of St. Nicholas. He was a bishop. Lots of fun stories we could tell about him. Uh, But I will just say this. We're pleased that on this day that we celebrate a bishop, we're going to have another bishop with us on the show. Archbishop Mitchell Rozanski is going to be with us later on today. We head on the road over to the Regali Center where we were able to sit down with him recently to talk about the season of Advent And the season of Christmas. Also, this week, it's a big week. Uh, Wednesday is the solemnity of the Immaculate Conception of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And I'd like to dedicate a a large portion of this week's show, um, shows, plural, to the Blessed Mother. Now, I want to tell you a story. A few weeks ago, I was invited to a VIP shopping event, which, you know, it's not hard to get invited to some of these things. If you shop at a store, you know, maybe twice in a year, all of a sudden you're a VIP. And while I was there, I sat down and it wasn't until a few days later, I realized this was the moment, my rosary that I I keep in my pocket, keep in my pocket at all times, at all times, fell out of my pocket. It's in a little black case and I couldn't find it and I retraced my steps and that's where I determined I lost it and unfortunately it's gone. I don't know what happened to it. New one's on the way. It it cannot get here soon enough. I've got some wonderful lovely rosaries but there's something about that rosary, the way it it felt in my hands as I prayed it. I I just, I feel lost without it. I feel as if a, a large part of me is missing without that rosary in my pocket Each and every day, and one of the things I love about that rosary is it has the miraculous medal on it, and it's one of those things that I, you know, I've gone a couple of times to read about the miraculous medal. I've read about the shrine in Perryville. I need to go down there and and make a pilgrimage to the shrine. Um, But I always, you know, if you put me on the spot and say, Adam, tell me about the miraculous medal, I'm going to get flustered, and I'm going to say, Well, it it has something to do with uh, the Blessed Mother, and it's miraculous. And uh, I don't want to fake my way through things. So today on the show, we're also going to learn a little bit about the Miraculous Medal. And in the season of Advent, you know, we we talk about the anticipation we have for the coming of the Lord. And we want to remember that this is, uh, at its core, a love story. A love story, the love of God for you and for I. And Father Mark Goring has some words that we're going to listen to in that regard. So on the show today, the Miraculous Medal... We'll be talking about the love story in the season of Advent. We'll be hearing from Archbishop Rosansky about Advent and the season of Christmas and some of the lessons he hopes that we uh, we take into our hearts this season. And uh, Wednesday, we're going to be talking about Mary even more. It's going to be great. Uh, it, it's a whole week for our Blessed Mother. And so that's what we have coming up on the show today. That's what we have coming up on the show this week. But as I mentioned, uh, I almost didn't take the car here today. I almost just held up an umbrella like Mary Poppins and flew over here. It's so windy today. Let's get a check of the weather with Mike Roberts.
1: We're in for a very strange week. December is going to start off feeling like December. Sunny, windy, northwest winds at times gusting past 30 miles an hour and a high of 40. Then tonight, increasing clouds with a low of 25. Tomorrow, cloudy, flurries, light snow. In the afternoon and evening, a high of 35, no accumulation of snow. But then we start to warm. Wednesday, mostly sunny and 48. Thursday, partly sunny and 60. Friday, clouds, a few showers, a high near 70 degrees. Then next weekend, rain is likely with a high of 50. I think we get back to 50 on Sunday and we're dry with lots of sun. Today is the feast day of St. Nicholas, Born to wealthy Christian parents in the 4th century in what is now Turkey, historical facts are few, but his legend is enormous, and across the Christian spectrum, no saint has been painted as often as Saint Nicholas. It is known that at a young age he became Bishop of Myra and was imprisoned during the persecution of Diocletian, then released under Constantine. Tradition holds that at the Council of Nicaea in 325, St. Nicholas, a staunch opponent to the heresy of Arianism, which denied the divinity of Christ, grew so upset with Arius, the author of that heresy, that he lost his temper and punched him in the face. He is said to have dropped gold coins through the window of a poor father three nights in a row because the father lacked a dowry for his daughters, and they were about to be forced into prostitution. And when family wealth was passed on to him, he gave it all away to the poor. Another story tells of him dropping bags of gold down the chimney of a family in need. Sound familiar? It is this story, as well as so many others, that over the centuries has inspired gift-giving on his feast day. Over time, St. Nicholas has become known as santa claus for 17 centuries his legend has grown and as we near the celebration of the birth of our lord jesus christ to his blessed mother in the presence of the great saint joseph it must be the case that the generosity of the father is being expressed around the world through the love of the holy spirit and that saint nicholas has been charged with the eternal task of helping us celebrate with gifts. St. Nicholas, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day.
0: It is always a treat to be on the road with the show, and today we are happy to sit down once again with Archbishop Mitchell Rozanski from the Archdiocese of St. Louis. So good to be with you today, Archbishop. Adam, great to be with you. Thank you. Now, without a doubt, we are in one of my favorite seasons musically, the season of Advent, and of course, following it, the season of Christmas. We have some truly beautiful hymns this time of year that express a deep longing and desire for the coming of Christ. And and two in particular come to mind right away, O Holy Night and Come Thou Long-Expected Jesus. Both express a deep, deep desire for the coming of the Lord to a world that is in turmoil or chaos or upheaval. And as I look back at the last 18 to 20 months, almost two years now, What a great description for the world we live in, in some ways. I can't help but look around at our world and see an abundance of weariness. I think of O Holy Night, a thrill of hope that the weary soul rejoices. But sadly, I do not see that much expectation in our society that Jesus would come to deliver us. Am I missing something, or is that the reality we live in these days?
2: You know, Adam, when I think of Christmas and I I think of after Mass going up to the manger scene and uh, kneeling at the manger and praying at that scene and thanking God for the gift of His Son being born into our world, I think of that scene uniting us and bringing us together. And what we have experienced through COVID and, and also through such divisiveness in our civil dialogue and all over these past months, two years almost, has been isolation, being isolated from one another. So, we found in that isolation uh, a real sense of loneliness and of longing for being with one another, of longing for being with family and with friends. Those Christmas carols remind us that Jesus was born into the world to bring us together. He brings us salvation, unites all of us in that salvation that he came to bring. So, these hymns are very appropriate, and they remind us the reason why Jesus was born into the world, that no matter what our human frailty, what our faults and all will put in the way of getting to know our God as best we can, Jesus has come to break through all those barriers. So there is a sense of hope. We can't miss out on that sense of hope and that call that Jesus gives us to be united around that manger scene.
0: One of my other favorite things of this time of year, the myriad of Christmas lights. You cannot walk down a street in my neighborhood without seeing lights. And even on a a dark night, I think of many years playing for the midnight mass and then coming home in the stillness of the air, the stillness of the evening, and the glow of the Christmas lights. And I think of the fact that Jesus is the light of the world and that he calls us to be the light of the world, much like these lights are bringing a glimmer of hope and joy to a still winter's evening, that presence of Christ that unites us. I wonder what are some concrete ways we can bring that, not just to those of us uh, in the church with us who get this, but to the world around us who perhaps has forgotten, to use the cliche, the reason for the season. Well, we
2: recall that Christmas celebrated on December 25th really comes a few days after the winter solstice, December 21st. And what happens at the winter solstice? The days begin to get longer. The sun begins to be in our world uh, a little longer each day. And that light of Christ that has come into the world uh, in the stillness of the night, in the darkness of the night, is a light that is shown for all of us so that we may find our way to God. Jesus has really been the light to show us the way to God. And we're called, in turn, by being members of the body of Christ in his church to be light for one another. And so, the tradition of decorating with Christmas lights uh, is an, a laudable tradition that reminds us that even in the darkness of winter in the depth of that season when the days are very short, that the light of Christ has pierced that darkness to bring to us the fullness of his light. And we in turn are given that divine spark in our lives and called to be lights for one another
0: for many this time of year is a season of memories and i know that my mother still has in her cabinet of vhs tapes for those of you listening that have no idea what a vhs tape that was before dvds and blu-ray but she has a video recording of my kindergarten pageant and one of these days i'm afraid she's going to get it out and show it to my children but i remember this poem that we recited as the kindergarten class at saint francis of assisi grade school What can I give him, poor as I am? If I were a shepherd, I would give a lamb. If I were a wise man, I would do my part. What can I give him? I can give him my heart. And here we are many years later, and I still think of that calling, that that I am to give a gift to our Lord for this, his birthday, for this, the feast of his nativity, just like the Magi did. And I cannot help but think of the poor, and especially that passage of Matthew 25, whatever you did for the least of these, you did for me. I wonder what are some things we should be aware of this time of year, not so much in the receiving of the gifts, but in ways we can give to our Lord?
2: When we read the Christmas gospel, that beautiful, beautiful Christmas gospel, Who was the first to hear the announcement of Jesus' birth but the shepherds? Those who were poor and those who were outcast, even from their own society, they were the ones that the angels announced the good news to. And it wasn't to the ones who lived in the palaces. It wasn't to the ones who were the leaders of governments who heard the good news first. It was the poor. So, right from the beginning we're reminded of Jesus' identity as being poor. He himself was born in a place where it was not a decent place for him to be born, born in a manger. And so from the very beginning, that is a foreshadowing of what Jesus' ministry would be like in reaching out to the poor. So we're always conscious of the poor from knowing our Christmas gospel, knowing the ones who received the first announcement of the good news, who welcomed it into their hearts, were the shepherds. And each one of us has our own poverty. It might not be material poverty, it might be a spiritual poverty, it might be the poverty of um, heartbreak that we have in our families or broken relationships, but each one of us can identify with Jesus being born into the manger at Bethlehem, each one of us can identify with some type of poverty. And just as the Lord helps to fill that poverty with the presence of God, so we are called to bring that presence of God to others. So at Christmas time especially, as Jesus is born into our world, the human face of God come to us. We are called to be that human face of God to others particularly to the poor and to those in need.
0: I would like to turn to a responsorial psalm that we will hear coming up on the fourth Sunday of Advent, Lord, make us turn to you, let us see your face and we shall be saved. And I I think of so many this time of year that we have been speaking about, uh, perhaps those are the very people we need to go to who might be saying, well, why would God come for me? Look at my life and I'm a mess, I'm a wreck, there's surely no hope for me. Is it ever too late to make that return to the Lord? When Jesus was
2: born into the world, the hope of all the human race was fulfilled. And Jesus did not come to be born into a pristine, uh, absolutely sanitized world. He came to be born into the world of humanity. And that's the world we live in every day. And that world is messy. And Jesus did not eschew being born into The messiness of our own human lives. But he came to shine his light on the messiness, the darkness of our lives. And he calls us from that stable at Bethlehem, no matter who we are, no matter where we are, no matter what we have done, he calls us to bask in the light that he brings. And so always there is that hope of turning back to God, of seeing that little baby in the manger and reminding ourselves that that is God born into our world, that Jesus has come to bring us the fullness of God's love and life. And He didn't come because we were perfect, He came because we're not perfect.
0: And He shows us the way to perfection in our Heavenly Father. What a beautiful thought that we can bring our mess with us. But we should come to the manger, come to the stable anyway, and bask in that light. Before we go, Archbishop, we've been talking a lot about the music of Christmas and the themes of Christmas, the scripture passages of Christmas. There's a wonderful opportunity coming up here in the Archdiocese for those who would like to spend some time this Advent in prayer, getting ready for Christmas, and that is a service of lessons and carols at the Old Cathedral. This is going to be a great opportunity for us.
2: You know, Adam, when I think of our Christmas season and it's become so much of a rush for all of us and preparing and all for, for the celebrations, this is one way to come together in the true spirit of Christmas, to meditate on the great salvation, the story of salvation that comes to us through our scripture readings and through the singing of carols. And many people have uh, stated to me that when they attend lessons and carols, they can put aside all of the rush and all that goes on and truly be quiet and be in the presence of the Lord and really ponder what Christmas is all about. So we have this opportunity that will take place on Sunday afternoon, December the 12th at 3 p.m., It will be at our old cathedral, the Basilica of St. Louis, King of France, right near the famous St. Louis Arch. And they will have the combined choirs of the Basilica of St. Louis Choir and the uh, Shrine of St. Joseph Choir, as well as meditations on our uh, scripture readings. So I invite everybody to come to our old cathedral Sunday, December the 12th at 3 p.m to
0: celebrate the true spirit of Christmas. Archbishop Rozanski, I cannot thank you enough for taking the time to be with us today. Could I ask you to close us out with a, a prayer of expectation as we continue this Advent journey? Thank you, Adam, for this opportunity, and it's always good to
2: be with you and with our listeners here. Almighty God, we ask that you continue to bless us with the presence of your love. Open our hearts at Christmas to welcome that baby born at Bethlehem whom we know to be our Savior, our Redeemer, who is Lord of the universe, yet held within the manger. Lord, our God, help us to bring all of who we are to that manger. Help us to bring our triumphs, our joys. Help us to bring our sinfulness, our darkness, so that we may be illumined by the light of your Son. Give us, Lord, the opportunity to celebrate the birth of your Son with joyful hearts, hearts that are always open to you and to doing your will in our world. For we pray this through Jesus, who is our Lord
0: and Savior, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Well, you've been listening to Roadmap to Heaven. We are going to take a short break. Don't go anywhere. Well, here it is, a new week, and depending on whether you go by the liturgical year or the calendar year, we're either in a new year or about to be in a new year, Either way, I think I could use some encouragement. Luckily, Patty Schneier's here with us today. Patty, so good to see you again.
3: Well, happy Advent, everyone. And we are right in the middle of Advent for this year. And we it's time for us to take stock, as we do in our calendar year, of maybe making some New Year's resolutions. And so I like to have spiritual resolutions every year in Advent. And I try to make resolutions just as I would on January 1st for my physical life or anything else that's going on in the world. But we need to take stock of our faith and where we are and where we're headed and how we're growing. So I think it's a healthy thing to make new year's spiritual resolutions. And the time to do that is now in Advent because we've just begun a new liturgical year. So today's daily dose of encouragement and all this week, we're gonna just I'm just gonna throw out some ideas for you to ponder, to consider. Perhaps you might want to incorporate this as one of your spiritual resolutions. So the first one for today. Maybe your New Year's resolution can be to go on a retreat sometime during this liturgical year. If you've never been on a retreat, I highly recommend it. Of course, in many parishes, there's Axe Retreats, Crucio Retreats. Here in St. Louis, we have the White House Retreat Center if you want to go on a silent retreat. I also recommend Dr. Bob Shook's Healing the Whole Person Retreat. These are retreats that I've been on That are wonderful. So I want to just encourage everyone, if you have never gone on a retreat, maybe make that your spiritual New Year's resolution for the year.
0: That's one I can get behind. Patty, thank you so much for that daily dose of encouragement.
1: We're in for a very strange week. December is going to start off feeling like December. Sunny, windy, northwest winds at times gusting past 30 miles an hour and a high of 40. Then tonight, increasing clouds with a low of 25. Tomorrow, cloudy, flurries, light snow in the afternoon and evening, a high of 35, no accumulation of snow. But then we start to warm. Wednesday, mostly sunny and 48. Thursday, partly sunny and 60. Friday, clouds, a few showers, a high near 70 degrees. Then next weekend, rain is likely with a high of 50. I think we get back to 50 on Sunday and we're dry with lots of sun.
0: I don't know about you, but I could just sit back and listen to beautiful songs about the Blessed Mother all day today. But we have some work to accomplish. So we are now in week two of Advent. Don't forget to light that second candle on your Advent wreath each evening. In fact, I just made sure our second candle here at the studio was attended to this morning, and it was a great time around the family dinner table this past uh, Saturday evening we light ours on Saturday evening because we I figure once the first Vespers is prayed it's you know liturgically it's the second Sunday of Advent even if it's only Saturday evening so that's when we start lighting our candle and uh, it works out that this year we're letting the children light them in age order from youngest to oldest they figured that out on their own I just started picking random kids and said here light this candle so you know now it's it's set. They said, Dad, this is how we're doing it because this is the order and you sent the order and we have to go forward from there. And these are these beautiful traditions that, you know, I, I hope you really take into your home each and every day this season of Advent. It is going to go by very quickly. Um, you know, it, it's hard to believe we're already a week in. It seems like just we were just getting ready a few weeks ago for the season of Advent. Um especially those of you with young children. Such great formation opportunities happen right now to make this season very distinct and bring about the joy of the upcoming Christmas season. I will confess that one of the most difficult things for me in the season of Advent is, uh, you know, staying patient. It's very hard for me to be patient. I want the joy, now You know, it'd be very easy to to put on the secular mindset and say, we're just going to celebrate 100 percent. No, we'll celebrate 115 percent right now. But we're not there yet. And I know that in years past when I said, oh, it'll be fine. then when Christmas would come on the, you know, we'd go to Christmas Eve mass on the 24th and I'd wake up on the 25th and we'd do the family thing. And then I'd be like, all right, I'm ready to be done with this. And. I hated that. I hated that because I said, no, we're not finished on the 25th. We're just getting started. So this is a season of patience for me. It's hard for me not to just say, let's go, let's go, let's celebrate everything. But as we said on the Roundup on Friday, it's all about building up, building up to the main event, not winding down to it. So we want to build up. Uh, A few other traditions, you know, you heard us mention last week on the Roundup and, and we started this up again this week at home, Mary on the Mantle, and so we have a we have a very wonderful doll of Our Lady of Guadalupe that moves around the house with different notes for the children this morning. Mary on the mantle encouraged the children to do an act of kindness for someone else, inspired by the example of Saint Nicholas. And there are days that she encourages them to help make the home ready, to welcome in. Our Lord, And so, you know, if that means, very practically speaking, taking that time to put the laundry away or to sweep up the floor or to help mom and dad with this so that when it is time to celebrate, we're not rushing around all crabby because of all of the chores we need to do and this or that and the other thing. And it's a wonderful little tradition we've brought into our home. Maybe it's one you could bring into your home as well. That's all we've got for today. I'd like to thank Archbishop Rosansky for being with us on the show today. Also, I would like to thank um, Father Gorian for sharing his words with us, and Gabby After Hours for sharing those words on the Miraculous Medal with us as well. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, all glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Joseph, terror of demons, pray for us. We'll be back with you on Wednesday morning when we will talk about the Blessed Mother and the solemnity of the Immaculate Conception. Don't forget, we still have a few days left in this year of St. Joseph, so let us continue to turn to him with great joy. For all of us here at Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. You've been listening to Roadmap to Heaven. Pray your rosary today.